How a patent valuation can change your business. Hello, and welcome back to Invent Anything. This is John Cronin. In this episode, we're going to cover patent valuations, which are really a vital process to assess the IP value, but it also influences a lot of business decisions. It impacts things like asset quantification, how you generate new funds, how you explore the market. It actually has a lot to do with finding new partnerships. These IP valuations can also expose opportunities for enhancement, like a better portfolio, or some strategic considerations like you know, what new patents you know, should you create that would have value, more value. And by leveraging the patent valuation, we find the businesses can gain clarity on their value, let their stakeholders know, and then prompt a lot of strategic discussion and shifts, ultimately transforming the business. Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is Invent Anything with John Cronin. So today we'll cover six topics. The first topic is just a reminder of what patent valuations are and what's involved in doing one. Then talk a little bit more deeply about how that results. Topic two is a pro forma patent valuation that allows it to allows a review of it to challenge your business. Topic number three, we're going to talk about 10 areas of patent valuation can change your business. And really, this is just 10 out of the many that we found. And topic number four, you know, the question is, did you actually write your patents so that they would be valuable? And that can be then turned around to say, well, can we use a patent valuation as sort of a criteria, uh, assuming we'll get the patent, what the value would be? And then we can go to topic number five, which is how do we really enhance and change the patent valuation that you've got? Because uh, sometimes patent valuations are not what you want them. And we found ways to take a patent valuation and leverage it even further to do some new things to make the patent valuation even higher. And then using topic number six, the patent valuation actually change your business. Some of the things we've seen. And I chose this topic and these six really to help anyone understand how to improve their IP strategy. And then we'll wrap up. But there's a caveat here. This really is for small and mid-sized companies. Large companies might want to know this, but it's pretty hard to change, uh, you know, from a patent valuation significantly a large business because there's so many other things in, in a large business. The audience, for this one, we think that the audience is initially could be for people that are not really familiar with patent valuations, and maybe it's a primer for you. If you're a small company, uh, basically you might be considering a patent valuation, and this is a perfect podcast for that. You can understand the ins and the outs. A third audience might be for those in companies that have patents, where you might consider patent valuations, ask yourself the question, can this really change my company if I did a patent valuation? A fourth audience could be those companies that may be developing patents, because I believe as a practicing inventor myself, that this is almost should be a required course for practicing inventors, particularly for those that want to do licensing and selling of their patents. A fifth audience is for those companies that have patent valuations, um, but you should hear the untold stories of the things that can happen, good and bad, with the patent valuation. And finally, for those uh, that are involved in IP strategy. This is really a very practical guide to the results of having good patents. What's the value? 
So this is John Cronin, and coming up, we'll explore the world of patent valuation and where data and expertise meet. We'll uncover six ways to leverage intellectual property with a focus on licensing, and we'll get to that. We'll see how valuations use data and comparables to assess the value of and potential suitors. Just like income statements, net income statements in a business, these patent valuations provide insights, but it's really best to have an expert do it. Uh, these patent valuations will learn is like a pro forma valuation that allow you to make some major changes in your business. And you'll actually see how to use these valuations for proactive management to reshape the company's future. So let's just jump right into it. Topic number one, what is a patent valuation and really what's involved in doing one? So first of all, there are six ways to make money with IP. And you can go back to our podcast, episode 10, which is six ways of making money with IP. And there's hybrids of those. One of those ways of making money with IP is licensing. There's others like litigation or brand or helping you close a deal, et cetera. Uh, the reason why I want to bring that up is the patent valuations that are mostly done. And in my firm, we do two or three a month and have been for about 20 something years. It really uses a licensing income approach. And really a licensing model is really the most rational way to do a patent valuation. It's really difficult to assess in dollars exact amounts of brand or exact amounts of impact of a deal, even litigation. You'd have to do damages assessment. And that's very difficult, but, you know, for it takes a lot of time. And it's always prone to, you know, what the, uh, the, the defendant would be willing to pay. Whereas a licensing model is more like a business um, valuation, which it tells you if you're successful in taking your patents and trying to license them and put some effort and some expertise behind it, you can generally kind of count on these revenues per month or per year. So the most rational way is a licensing model. One of the things about valuations is that it has to use really valid third-party information. I mean, we can, can't get information about expectations of what the company thinks the value of the patents are. We want to find solid third-party data so the patent valuation can be proved uh, based upon the way other people have thought about the values of markets and compounded annual growth rates and things like that. Um, one of the things about valuations, just like a home valuation, is this comparables. You know, you have two, two other houses in the neighborhood, and so your real estate broker might have you do a sizing of the value property, and they compare the elements of the other two properties to yours, what those properties were sold for, et cetera. So same thing. Patent valuations use known comparables, deals, if you will, that we can find. Another thing about patent valuations is they produce real market numbers meaning it all starts with what's the size of the market and the compounded and your growth rate of where the patents apply to. So that data, we try to get it from many different sources, but it's real hard data about market growth from expert studies. Another thing about patent valuation as we do it, it allows the patent owners to determine the value to who? In other words, there's no general market um, like the Kelly Blue Book for cars, buying cars, right? This is really, this is what the value would be and to who it would have value to. Bad valuations are really just like net income statements in a business, if you know what those are, which is project business value if certain actions are taken. Bad valuations are really expert opinions. 
uh, a net income statement of a business really is an expert opinion, I guess, of the CFO and the CEO uh, projecting the business. So likewise, patent valuations are expert opinions. Uh, so it's best done by transaction specialists, you know, people that have actually done deals. Patent valuations, as we'll find, have many uses for the business. I mean, just having the valuation and having that number can be pretty impressive if all of a sudden your business is doing five or 10 million a year in revenues and you find your patent values is in the 40, 50 million dollar range. That's pretty material. Um, and one of the things about patent valuations, almost like a caveat, is there's not a lot of people that do patent valuations that are, you know, they do this as a routine thing. It can't be done by accountants and things like that because they don't know how to value patents. And there's no gap, you know, a principle, uh, general principle, accounting principles. There's no gap, you know, kind of standard for all this stuff. So really what you're trying to do is to find people that know how to do patent valuations that have done deals so that you can really have a practical result. So let's jump to topic number two, the pro forma patent valuation challenges uh, and how it challenges the business. First of all, if your business has revenue and you do a patent valuation, which provides new revenue, your business gets challenged almost immediately to ask the question, what do I do? Do I start having a licensing group? I mean, do I start investing and trying to get the money out of the patents? So it's a really interesting first question that happens. A second thing is that patent valuations may up in patent licensing or patent sales, and that could be good or bad. Now, why could it be bad? Well, supposing that your patent valuation was done, it was for a patent was 3 million, a uh, pretty low number, but a reasonable number. And supposing down the road, you found that someone was, uh, you know, developing products or services using your patents. In other words, they're infringing. So you twist the game here and you're going to use that patent now to go sue. And now here you are, you know, as the plaintiff and then the defendants and all this information is subpoenable. So this patent valuation you had done by an expert is subpoenable. And supposing you thought that the damages were 50 million, but over here you've got this patent valuation that says it's worth 3 million. Uh, it's going to be pretty hard to justify that you, you're going to get your 50 million. And that's why you have to be very careful with patent valuations, how to use them. Third thing is the patent valuations may end up not even being believable. Uh, and I've seen this happen. You have a, million, a company that has 10 or 50 million in revenue, or even five, the patent valuation comes in at hundreds of millions. Well, gosh, gosh darn, how, how does a board... Think about that, right? I mean, I've been on a number of boards, private and public, I've chaired public boards. I've, uh, I've been on boards, you know, for 20 years. Um, and if I was a board member where all of a sudden the valuation is hundreds of millions of dollars, it almost seems unbelievable. It actually changes the paradigm of the business. Although it does happen. So be ready for that. But be ready if the patent valuation is really large. It's a good thing, but it could cause just an enormous amount of debate. Patent valuations also, if they're really too low, can change the paradigm of the company. Imagine if a company has been touting its patents and telling its investors that the patents are really valuable and the patent valuation comes in at 1.5 million. Well, that's another problem. Uh, what do you do with that? Because it's a material result, right? You can't just tear it up and not look at it anymore. 
So one of the things we've done in both these cases, whether really big or really, really small, is uh, for at least my team and my firm, we do kind of a back of the envelope sizing, really roughly, just to understand the ranges. So you go into it with making sure you don't get these mavericks on either side, really low or really high. Another thing is the patent valuations might identify markets that relate to the business, which you would expect, but the patent valuation could relate to markets that you're not yet in. Now comes the question once again of the CEO or the board. Why aren't we in those markets? Well, the marketing guys are working hard to win the markets that they're in. The patent valuation may come in and say there's these other markets that it's even more valuable. And once again, you can see how it changes the business. Patent valuations may also have a limited time window. So we use roughly five years, but sometimes we're dealing with patents that are expiring in six years. Uh, so what happens at a patent valuation is it automatically lets the business know that there's a clock ticking to get the money out. I can tell you the patent valuations that try to predict beyond five years are, are just not believable. Uh, I, I mean, just look at the, over the last five years, who would have predicted the kind of things that we're doing? You know, Chad GPT and and intelligent cars and all these things that are happening so quickly, markets can change. So patent valuations have a limited time window and the time window is both for realism, that is to get a good valuation, but it's also there to prompt the business to do something. Uh, we've sort of mentioned this, suddenly patent valuations can cause a lot of friction in the business. I mean, imagine if the CFO is looking at the patent value and, and really is trying to hammer that they should get the money out of the patents because it's they're valuable. Whereas the CEO doesn't want to concentrate on that right now. Uh, sometimes the patent valuations are really high and the inventors that are on the patents um, want to get more recognition. Sometimes the patent valuations you know, would drive um, you know, the, the strategy of the company. And there'd be a lot of debate as to whether to start a licensing program or sell the patents. So it automatically, by definition, get ready for this. It, it might cause friction. But I think all this friction is a good thing for a business. It, it really is looking into the mirror, right? Of here's an asset, should you do something with it? Patent valuations are certainly going to be a matter of record for your financials, as I mentioned, for patent litigation. Uh, clearly, I see a trend where CFOs are now trying to account more for these patent valuations in their balance sheets. Uh, and so I won't really talk about that today, but if you're a CFO listening to this, it'd be worth having a discussion. One of the things is the patent valuations are material in the sense that if you don't take action and you have very valuable patents, what does that say about the decision-making of the, of the executives? So having something that's very materially valuable and not taking action um, could lead investors down the road to be very angry. Uh, and then the other thing about patent valuations is that they can actually turn your company into an IP company. I've seen this. Uh, a number of times with a company's four or five million in revenue and they have eight patents and the, the patent values are in the hundreds of millions. And and I've watched this happen where all of a sudden they have a meeting with their board and they decide and they come back and say, we think this is the direction. We we want to get into the patent monetization business. But that's the threshold for when you're in an IP business. So that's a possibility as well. Well, coming up, you're going to see how you can unlock the potential of patent valuations for your business. You're going to see how if you can do patent valuations, you can make it much more than an afterthought. It can become strategic. It can help you reshape your company's path. It can help you quantify your assets. 
It paves the way for new revenue streams. It allows you to get clarity on your business. It'll help your partners and your board maybe understand more about the value of your business. You'll learn about how patent valuations can reveal the strength of patent gaps, of, of, the, of, the, patents, of the patent gaps. In other words, ha has the patents really covered all the right markets? Ultimately, you'll see how patent valuations can align the strategy of your company uh, to the use of the patents. It ensures that your patents are optimized uh, for success because it can help drive new fundraising efforts. It can help serve as a value core to changing your business strategy. So coming up, let's take a look at that. So let's talk about topic number three, 10 areas of patent valuation can change your business. First of all, uh, you have a, you have defined a set of assets that are now quantified. And because of that, you now have new potential money in the bank. So obviously this can help the business and change it to leverage that information. Sometimes directly from the valuation, the IP is used to be sold or licensed directly, just creating new funds, uh, sometimes needed funds. And that's an obvious use of a patent valuation. But sometimes a patent valuation can determine new markets, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, supposing that you have invented a new way of putting nanoparticles in a of, of silver in a polymer, and it stops, you know, microbes from growing. And you, you think that, you know, you want to be a supplier of that material uh, to different markets. So you have many markets to supply. But you might decide that there are certain devices that could be made where your materials are very fundamental. And you might decide, like an endoscope or something, you know, putting the polymer with nanosilver particles on the handle. You might decide to go directly to manufacture the handles of the endoscope. So you could see that a patent valuation could actually develop new directions for you in new markets. Sometimes patent valuations determine new areas to create IP and then raise the valuation. We just recently did this for a company whereby they gave us a couple markets they, they wanted to value. Uh, and we did that. But through the analysis, we found there was 12 other markets. So then they asked us uh, to size those markets. So these other markets just kept adding to the valuation. And then they asked us, you know, if they were to enter those markets, you know, do their patents directly read in those markets? And the answer was to some to some level, but by adding more patents in different markets on the existing patent portfolio, it would strengthen their ownership of those other markets. So we helped create uh, dozens of new ideas that they're patenting in the other 12 markets so they can get more specific coverage. Like that endoscope I just mentioned, you may have the manufacturing method for the polymer with the neosilver particles, Great. But the specifics about how you do that in an endoscope handle, uh, there's some more specific inventions there. So you can see how the patent valuations can lead to new markets, which then need more, lead to more IP. Sometimes patent valuations resolve some other business issues. Like sometimes without knowing your patent value, you may be thinking that your patents are valuable and thinking that that's your ace in the hole down the road. Well, it turns out that if you find out your IP is not valuable, then you won't be thinking you have this sort of future ace in the hole. 
And that might dramatically change decisions about your business. I've seen a number of boards thinking that the patents were valuable, finding out they weren't, which then produced much more rigor around the business plan they have for generating revenues. In other words, getting rid of that sort of golden ring or ace in the hole in the future. Sometimes patent valuations show us new partners, uh, also new customers or even competitors. Now, what do I mean about new partners? Well, in a patent valuation, you're not only figuring out the markets, but you're figuring out the companies in those markets. And so we look at those companies and try to understand the value of our clients' patents to those uh, markets and to those companies in the markets. Sometimes in looking at those customers, you find out that they might want to license in or buy the patents. Sometimes those customers, when you look at them under a microscope, could be competitors. And now all of a sudden you have patents that you might have to use for litigation or at least to stop them from copying you. So sometimes these patent valuations show a lot about the things in the market that you might not have found. And we routinely do this by finding new markets and finding companies in those markets and then reviewing that in the valuation. The company's learning an awful lot about their business. Sometimes patent valuations can define an IP holding company. This has happened a number of times, whereby the patents are very valuable to many markets, but the company is only developing products in one market. And they're trying to raise money, maybe to get to the next level in that one market. But their patents have, are in so many markets. So sometimes companies decide to take the patents, put them into a holding company with all the original owners, and licensing it back to the company itself that started. And when they're raising money, they raise money for that company itself, which just has the license into that market, leaving the patent holding company to be able to make money in other markets. And we've done a number of those because we learned through the patent valuation that the patents have many more markets than they're in. Sometimes the patent valuation forces other IP efforts, like evidence of use or developing an IP story. If we find the patents are very valuable in certain markets and we find companies that are so close to the patents, the question is, are those companies violating our patents? And so we do several of these a month, evidence of use. And we have a podcast on that you can listen to. But it's really seeing if there's enough evidence to support infringement. Wouldn't you like to know that to see if that's a potential? Sometimes companies will license because they're infringing. Sometimes companies will license because they might think they're infringing in the future. Sometimes they would license for carrot reasons, a carrot license where they want to adopt the technology down the road. There's other services like the IP story. When you're trying to raise money, if the valuation is so good, you might want to add an IP story uh, into your business plan so that people can really see the value of your IP. I believe that one of the things that patent valuations do in a big part of our business is use patent valuations to energize a new raise of funds. In other words, justifying it. I could go on. I mentioned showing 10, but there are certainly many more than 10. Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of things happen with patent valuations. But let's change topics to topic number four. Did you actually write the patents so they would be valuable? Now, this insight didn't come to me and my firm um, right off the bat. It took almost a decade of doing patent valuations to recognize that we could do a patent valuation on a potential patent that's not even written. How do you do that? Well, 
if you write the claims of a patent, which by the way, is when we start a patent valuation, we get the patents, we read the claims, and we're using those claims to determine what's owned. And then we're using that ownership to determine what markets and what apportionment of those markets. Well, let's just pretend you've got an idea. Well, we could write a claim for that. If I have the claim, let's just assume, I ask the question, supposing I got a patent for that, what would, what would be the value of it? This is certainly, certainly capable uh, you know, to do. See, 99% of patent developers value the patents after they've filed them, or, or many times way down the road, where you can actually do it up front before you write the patent. If the patent is not valuable at all, why write it? On the other hand, if the patent is valuable, it gives you another reason to write it. As a matter of fact, through this analysis, you actually find ways to improve that patent when you decide to write it. Most patent developers write patents for very limited use cases. Uh, and one use case, which is almost driven, which is crazy to me after many years in this area, is infringement. It's like the only reason that people are getting patents is to think that sometime they might have to sue somebody. That is by far one of the worst things that you could do. Because of the state of patent litigation and the money it costs and the time it takes, given the fact there are six ways and hybrid connections of these uh, to make money, I think it's almost foolish to think that you want to generate patents just for the use of infringement. So it's a good reason, but it shouldn't be the only reason. So you see, when you do infringement valuations, it's based upon damages, and therefore this evidence of use would be needed. Uh, but most of the time, the patent valuations that we do are not used for infringement. One of the things about patent valuations to improve your patents is it shows defects or it shows the strength of your patents. So remember, if the patent claim was written to cover just a niche part of the market, then the market's going to be a small number, which means patent valuation will be smaller. But if the, if the patent is written to expand on many markets, then the valuation is going to go up. So by doing a patent valuation before you write the patent up on the predicted claims means that you have a whole bunch of insight on how to improve the, the patent writing. One of the things about patent valuations is it, it shows the markets really clearly about where the patent is. And, and, and so by considering a claim of a patent that you're going to write and figuring out the markets would actually help you figure out not whether or not you should write the patent, but it actually helps to tell you if you're in the right market to begin with, with the product that you're probably going to make for the patent, so you're going to write up. One of the things is that patent valuations, um, you know, show how the patent portfolio uh, is developed. And I got to tell you, a lot of times when we see patent portfolios, they're they're poor in the sense of not having many good continuations, or they're poor because they don't have enough unique filings, meaning. Everything's in one family member. And when we do patent valuations, it's literally impossible to take anything other than the entire family of patents as the patent group. But if you have different patent groups, you're going to have more value because different groups in and of themselves can be separated. So you could take one group of patents and license it to one market. You could take another group of patents and license it back in the same market uh, without having the two licenses overlap because they're separate patents. So there's a lot of things you can do with, you know, looking at the patent portfolio by doing patent valuations, and they can show unique filing strategies.
they can help you figure out whether you should invent around your own patents. One of the things is that um, patent valuations show the lack of or or the proof of how the integration of the patents are to an IP strategy. So when you're looking at patent valuations and you look at your IP strategy, you can actually see if they connect. So if your IP strategy was to license and the patent valuations are showing that they're not very licensable, that could tell you something. So one of the things we do with patent valuations is we try to see if it aligns with the strategy of the company. I got to tell you, a lot of times companies don't have an IP strategy. It's not written down. No one's really done it other than my strategy is a defensive strategy, which really isn't a strategy at all uh, because it's just too high level. So a lot of times our patent valuations lead to doing an IP strategy. Um, in other words, one of the things you do with a strategy, right, is you could consider what's a patent, what's a whole tra trade secret, what's a publish. In patent valuations, you can see if there's any leverage between the patent itself and the trade secrets the companies happen because you get stronger ability to license if you can have some patents along with some serious know-how. One of the things is, and it may seem obvious, but it, it's it's unbelievable how this doesn't seem obvious when we're actually doing it. The patent valuations will actually show the absolute linkage between the patents and your products. We we had a company, we we had, the company had 300 patents and the investor asked us to do evaluation uh, and after we did the valuation, uh, we were amazed that not one of the 300 patents covered any one of the products that the company was making. So we had the problem of telling the investor that the patents may have a value, but they certainly don't cover the products of the company. And they were absolutely surprised by this. Later on, I got a call from the CEO who basically had taken the company over, was the new CEO. And he said that we, have, we saved him so much grief because it was this continued battle internally about how great the patents were. And he says, now with your report, I can basically disconnect the patent portfolio from our business. So sometimes patent portfolios can show disconnects or overlaps to the products you're building. Also, patent valuations can show timing issues. Um, sometimes patents are running out in terms of their enforcement times. So uh, we actually have done this, believe it or not, where we do a patent valuation and we start the work and in the middle of the work, when we're starting to look at the patents themselves, we find out that so many of the patents have so little time left, maybe two years left. Even some of the patents that were in the portfolio had been expired that they didn't know about. So now we have a portfolio that doesn't have time on its side. Therefore, it's so difficult to license or sell. Call it a stale portfolio. That many times come up. And, and finally, many patent valuations show how patent filings, when they were done, really didn't have business thinking. And by that, I mean that sometimes patent valuations show that patents have very specific coverage on the most important, say, component in a system, where sometimes patent valuations could show that the patents cover an ancillary component. Which one would I rather have, right, as a business? And which one would I rather have to try to force a license? So many times patent valuations can show the linkage between not the IP strategy, but also just the business thinking itself. So coming up, we're going to see how to revamp your patent valuation. We're going to see if you're previously conducted a patent valuation with some assumptions of success, it may be time for a strategic shift. You'll see how to enhance your portfolio by prioritizing value-driven strategies, including 
in a sort of an inventive approach to allow you to reduce risk. We'll actually see how you can use patent valuations to allocate resources more wisely. We can see how we can gain immediate insight into the IP value. And then coming up, we'll talk about the actual steps we can have to unlock that potential. We can also finally talk about patent valuations and how they can restrape your strategy, how you can garner support from your CFO, how you can uh, inspire more innovation, and even more importantly, turn your company into a more IP-focused enterprise. So stay tuned. Let's move to topic number five, enhancing and changing your patent valuation. This is something I love to do personally because it brings out sort of the inventor side of, of me to think about how to invent better inventions so that they're more valuable. Um, a lot of our work at my company is doing these patent valuations we're ending up defining directions for better inventions so that we can help that company develop better inventions and thus improve the patent valuation. So let's start off with the thought that if you had done a patent valuation before you got a patent, that is the virtual patent, right? Write the claims. But you'd assume that the patent would be issued. That certainly would be a way to start sitting around the table talking about IP strategy. In other words, virtually considering which new patents you can get and more importantly, what the value they would have. One thing is that, you know, you'd ask yourself the question, um, to enhance your patent valuation, would the value of the new patents, right, expand the portfolio? Um, and if you expand the portfolio, should you have more filings? In other words, individual patents or more continuations? One of the stark things that a patent valuation does is answer the question almost directly, that patent valuations should be improved by having more separate families of patents than many continuations in one. I can't I can't stress uh, the value of that. I love the fact that patents can have many potential continuations, but the idea that that's where the patents issuance should be is where it limits the value. So if you get into involved in patent valuation at all, you'll find out that separate families are what are purchased or licensed, uh, whereas one patent with many members of a family doesn't bring generally any more money in. One of the things is to improve your portfolio is uh, to improve your portfolio by taking the patents that you, you know, virtually created, thinking about that virtual value, but recognizing that you can expand the, the value by inventing around those patents or on top of those patents. So you have a better portfolio of the new virtual patent plus invent around patents of that virtual patent plus inventing on top of. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, if you ever get to do patent valuations the way we do it, one of the one of the things is we look at risk associated with the patent portfolio. If it has a high risk, it gets a lower value. Well, what makes a patent a higher risk? If it's easy to invent around, if it's easy to invent on top of. So what we try to do is take the things that would systemically give a patent risk and put that into the patent development of the new patents. So if the patent is valuable, but when we assess it, it can have some risks because it's more easy to invent around. Then we're asking the question, if we can't invent around this patent to mitigate that risk, then maybe we should write it up. Maybe it's not valuable. So you see, I can proactively use valuation 
to essentially raise the value because you're figuring out what's wrong with the potential patent and improving it before you file. One of the things that happens quite a bit is the patent valuations uh, generally show how limited or, or how broad the patent coverage is to the value chain. Value chains you know, can be very simple. You have no suppliers in one customer. You have one supplier in one customer. You have three suppliers and three customers. And the customers are in different markets, if you will. Call that the value chain. So when you're looking at patent valuations of that virtual patent, you're asking the question, what are the markets? If I can license the suppliers or I can license the customers down the road or potential customers that are not buying my product, it's going to be a more valuable portfolio than if I can't license to or get a license from or reduce the price because I have patents from my suppliers, et cetera. So understanding value chain is a great way when we're looking at that virtual patent to value it, ask the question, how do we expand our portfolio through this concept of value chain? Therefore, when we write the new patents up, it's always more valuable. One of the things about patent valuation and therefore enhancing its value is, you know, could we be expanding the portfolio by reducing the risks? Other risks. I mentioned event around, event on top of. There's a whole bunch of risk factors that deal with things like, is this patent easy to detect? Is it ready for the market, et cetera? Well, what do we mean easy to detect? Uh, when I ran the IBM patent factory a number of years, uh, I, I grew to know a lot about IBM's portfolio. We produced thousands of patents a year on top of the 1,000 we already started with to become the top patent holder. But one of the things I learned very early on in my IBM career was there were some real gems in the IBM portfolio. And one of the biggest gems was, and this was after it had since expired, but uh, the, the idea of IBM inventing the cursor of a computer that changed its shape based upon the function the computer was in. Meaning that the little line that blinked would turn into a box that blinked for insert mode. Well, that's pretty easy to detect, isn't it? It's on every single <laughs> computer screen. Today, it's the little hourglass that flips around or your mouse pointer or whatever, right? Uh, that changes when it's hovering over something. Uh, but you go back all those years to the early 60s where IBM owned the patent like that, you can see that it's easy to detect. But what about your patent? Now, I've been talking about this virtual patent, right? Creating a virtual patent to explore whether or not it would be valuable and to do all these things. Well, you can always use you can also use all these same concepts for the patent valuation that you've just completed, asking, okay, is there ways to make my patent portfolio more valuable? And if the detection was terrible, hard, because your patent was embodied way down in some algorithm, in some piece of hardware that you could never see, then you're going to have a high risk for detectability. You might have a brainstorming session and recognize that the functionality of that piece of hardware embedded as an algorithm could be manifested in some user interface. And therefore getting an adventure on that manifestation could jack this value of the portfolio up almost instantly. So it might drive directly to, let's get some new patents on that user interface. So this concept here of using patent valuations to figure out how to make your patents more valuable is a very important thing. And I could tell you not recognized by almost everybody that does patent valuations from the, from the person that gets the patent valuation. They look at it as just the number of what was when they should be looking at it as the number of what could be as well. So one of the things is that 
there's an area of what's called apportionment. How much does your patent cover in the product? So if you just have a handle of an endoscope, well, that's apportioned just the handle part. So the handle costs $50, the endoscope costs 2000 Maybe by developing a better handle, it could change some functionality of the overall endoscope. Or maybe it could change how many washes the endoscope goes through in the hospital so that maybe you're affecting that part of the value chain. So uh, expanding apportionment is another thing that we can do. One of the things we can do is uh, on a portfolio is expand it by using IP expanded directly on top of the licensee. And what this means is if you think you're going to approach a licensee with your patents, you really can hold a brainstorming session to develop brand new patents, not even in your field, that, but that would be in the field of the licensee. So you have a, a more rounded portfolio to license to. Uh, we've done this quite a bit, uh, particularly kind of taking the IP and saying, what would the customer do with this new invention? And then getting that IP in place, many times not even filing these patents, just having a, a, a set of provisionals that we, we give them along with the license that we that we would file if they took a license. One of the things is that we want to have patent thinking longer term. So the question would be, I'm going to provide a patent valuation, but what about five years from now when the window of the patent valuation is over? There should be absolute things that are done in the company over over year on year on year, year on to essentially continue the value, creating the value. We haven't talked a lot about trade secrets. We touched on it, but there is a strategy many times where you can patent apart and have trade secret apart for the overall invention. So for instance, I could have, you know, some sort of way of making coffee and I have a patent on the actual um, process of the, of the way I make coffee, you know, the temperatures and the, and the type of water and the type of beans and the type of filters, et cetera. And maybe I patent certain aspects of that process, but maybe parts of those process I hold trade secret. If you're a patent attorney, you're probably thinking, well, you have to follow your best mode. Yeah, I get that, but there's so many ways to have a trade secret that's not in the best mode of a patent. So that maybe there's nine steps to a patent, uh, to an invention. You patent the first four steps and the last two steps, but holds the trade secret, the other steps in the middle. Why would you do that? Well, Having patents that you can license in evaluation is all great. But if you have also the ability of selling some know-how through the license that they can't figure out unless they know the trade secrets. So you can see how we can raise the value. That they want to have the final result. And they may have the patents that cover the first three steps and the last two steps, but they don't know the stuff in the middle. So approaching for patent license allows you to do that. Always, if you can, patent part, trade secret part. And we look at valuations. We're always careful uh, and try to understand, does the patent portfolio that we're valuing have that or not because if it doesn't it's a higher risk and finally we can expand the, the value by having many more markets we talked about this company that we'd work with that we found through the patent valuation there were 12 other markets so we sized those markets and now we're inventing in those markets to have specific patents in each of those markets related to the core patent well let's jump to the last topic topic number six using patent valuations to actually change your business. Really, this is more a set of things that we've actually seen. You know, how do we change the business? Well, one thing is we've seen that it immediately gives optics to the IP, so you don't have to guess anymore. That beginning of the knowledge looking in the mirror will begin change. Another thing we see about patent valuations, it will produce actions to get more value. 
So sometimes you're not doing anything to get the you know, your patents uh, to be to to get the value out. So patent valuation certainly changes that thinking. So you, a lot of companies that we work with, we do patent valuation. It provides immediate action steps of what they're going to do. Sometimes it could be, you know, starting infringement. Sometimes it could be licensing. Sometimes it could be recognizing the value to sales. So they add, they, they raise the price of, of their product to get more margins. So there's just a lot of almost immediate things that you could decide to do. A third thing is that patent valuations will directly show you the importance of the business. Uh, but one of the great things that patent valuations do, in my opinion, is they tell you which patents to get rid of, that you're paying maintenance fees. If you have an average patent with three, seven, and 11 years maintenance fees, and you do a patent valuation, and because of that, you uh, basically decided to not continue the issuance fees, by definition, you've saved the money for the patent valuation. Think about that. Imagine if you have a patent in five or six countries and you're paying maintenance fees and the valuation comes in and says, well, this one in the portfolio is not very valuable. The other ones are. Why even pay the money for the maintenance fees? So CFOs kind of love us when we not only manifest the patent valuation, but we show the patents that they should probably discontinue. Another thing is the patent valuations will allow the business to sell its products and service better because they not only know they have strong patents and that they're valuable. So we've seen a market change in companies where the patent value is high and they didn't know it. And then they're selling the product, but now their marketing grabs hold of the value of these patents and starts telling the market about the valuable part patents, all because we did a patent valuation. Think of the ROI of that, right? That all of a sudden you can sell more product because you did a patent valuation. And, and you never did anything with the patent valuation other than knowing that the patents were valuable. Uh, one of the things about patent valuations, it will get management and investors to align to the value of the patent assets. So if the patents are really valuable or if they're valuable enough, if the CEO wants to spend more money on more patents, it would tell the, the, the board uh, and investors that the CEO has essentially you know, nurtured the company to get valuable patents. And so he can get more. On the other hand, if the patents are not very valuable, and the CEO doesn't take the the efforts to change the process or to change the things they're doing to get more valuable patents, then maybe they're not a good steward of spending money on more patents, right? One of the things is almost immediately patent valuations will change the patent strategy um, because we're going through these risk factors. We'll know why the patents are risky. We can look at the patent valuations and see which ones are in the right markets, which one are in the right value chain. We can look to see if timing is correct. We can look at the patent valuations and see, you know, if they're covering, you know, the right markets, if you will. So almost immediately, the IP strategy is going to change. But the, the nice thing is that we found patent valuations might immediately change the CFO's thinking that every single time, you know, there's discussion of patents and, and, and pay maintenance fees, if the patent's very valuable and the CFO has learned how to articulate that value to the investors you know, in the in the finance quarterly packages, uh, then the CFO becomes the best friend of the patent world instead of its worst enemies. One of the things about the patent valuations is it may add resources to the company. I mean, look, if your company's doing 10 or 50 million in revenue or even less, I don't know, and the patents seem to have 50, $100 million in, in licensing value, then why not go to the board? Uh, why not say, why don't we hire some licensing executive 
with some small staff, a marketing person and a manager. And why don't we take these patents and go try to get that value out? That would be just a rational thing to do with an asset you already have. One thing about patent, valu patent valuations is they'll likely reset the thinking to create even more IP. That's the danger of doing a patent valuation. So if you listen to this podcast and you're trying to determine should you do patent valuations, I'm telling you it's going to point the direction to develop more IP, almost always, because now you have optics, good or bad, and it might show you now you have this really valuable tool, patent valuation, to determine if you should even file a patent. It's kind of like, you know, knowing the, the probabilities of winning in the gaming tables uh, in Las Vegas, right? Uh, that your probability is going to change because you actually understand the value. And finally, patent valuations for some companies get to the point where they become an IP company, whether they're an IP holding company or they decide they just want to be an IP licensing or whether they're now going to use IP as the top marketing focus of their company. We've seen so many changes with companies that, uh, through patent valuations. I could tell you as a practice inventor at IBM, over over a decade uh, that I never even considered patent valuation. I can tell you the first five years of IP Capital that I was doing the, the kinds of things, extracting inventions and documenting them and, and developing strategy. I, I spent years developing IP strategies over the years until we started to do valuations about 20 years ago. Once I recognized that there was a way, an economic way to understand the value of patents, and I could add that as a feedback uh, tool to, to my IP tool case, if you will, uh, all of a sudden I could have an IP capital and hopefully for you down the road, uh, business relevance to IP. So let's wrap up. In the first topic, we talked about what is patent valuation and what's involved in doing one. We talked about things like focusing on a licensing model. We talked about assessing third-party data to make sure you did that. We talked about uh, having having an understanding that this is a lot like a net income statement uh, approach. And we also talked about that you'll, you'll see that, you know, what's involved in doing one is that it, it gets information into the business, that information to the valuation that we need that then later on becomes the generator of really important business insights. So, you know, when we think about this, the other thing we covered in patent valuations and what's involved in doing one is expertise. It's really important to have expertise to do this. Uh, and I will tell you that, uh, uh, not that I dislike any field, patent consult, accountants, you name it. They're generally not equipped to do patent evaluations. Uh, so consider that uh, and really find the right person for the right job to do patent evaluations. In topic number two, we actually moved to a different topic, which is let's look at the pro forma of a patent evaluation and how it changes the business. So what we mean by that is you got the net income statement, right? Which looks like a business plan. And how does it challenge the business? Well, we talked about it may lead to an automatic decision to patent licensing, or it might lead to uh, a dismissal of uh, keep investing in the patents. They may also uncover new markets, for instance. We talked about that and how it might position new products. We also talked about you know sort of the time sensitivity to patents and how it's really important to know how you know, whether your patents are about to expire or whether your patents have a long life. We even talked about how you can transform the company uh, into more of an IP company by doing a patent valuation. So there are many ways that we talk about challenging the business. It's just to, to read a few. In topic number three, we talked about 10 areas that a patent valuation can change your business. I'm not going to go through all 10 of those. 
and, and there's many more. We gave you just, you know, the top 10. But just to refresh you, we talked about how it leads to IP sales or licensing, of course, but how it identifies fresh markets or how we can help you uh, plan modifications uh, to your portfolio. We talked about how you can find new partners and new customers. We talked about how you can spark new other IP. We talked about how it moves towards things like maybe you have to do evidence of use or an IP story. And we also talked about and talked about business relevance, how it could change your business by giving you the motivation and the and the, and, and the boldness to be bully about it to, to raise new money. And topic number four exposed a different concept. Did did you actually write the patents so they'd be valuable? I mean, what is with that? <laughs> we wrote the patents because we thought they were cool. They were really good. They're going to protect our business. Okay, so what's the value of those patents if you write them up? What? How can I do that? It's not yet issued. Hello? Patent valuations start with a claim. And you could just write the claim assuming you're going to get it. So we discussed that 99% of the people have never considered evaluation before the write-up of patent. We've talked about how the patent valuation, if they did it, would reveal all sorts of things to not only determine if you should write up the patent, but how you should make that patent even better by things like looking at the inadequacies, look at the markets, looking at whether it needed to be invented around, looking at sort of the strategy of how it fits to the licensee or the buyer or the infringer. Uh, and we, we talked about how adding that kind of business focus from a patent valuation of a patent you're about to write up will literally change everything about the way you think about patents in your business. Topic number five, we talked about enhancing and changing your patent valuation. Well, obviously, if you can write up a work with a virtual patent, right? Uh, you can also work with patents that are already valued, already issued, and then ask the question, how do I improve them? It's really the same thing. Although there might be prior art issues that you run out of time. But we talked about things like, you know, having this be used, you know, this valuation being used to basically improving your IP strategy, how you can shift towards things like having more patent filings that are individual families. We talked about adding event arounds. We talked about IP in the value chain and how to leverage that. We talked about how to reduce the risk. Uh, of the IP that you create because there's risk in the valuation of IP that exists. We also talked about how you can even add new IP in the direction of the licensee uh, or buyer that goes beyond even what you do for a business. So all these things are ways that you can change your patent valuation. And of course, there's more. Finally, in topic number six, we discussed how we can use patent valuations to change the business, but kind of focused on some of the things we saw, Right. We saw that it's so impactful to do one. It, it adds clarity, like looking in the mirror, that you know what the value is. We showed that the valuation, in some of the cases, spurs action to move, to do something to unlock the value, to shift to focusing uh, on maybe improving your sales margin, maybe uh, going to litigation, but maybe ad adding licensing. It showed in some of the things that, you know, it, it, it might show complete change of your continuation strategy uh, of patents and going more towards family members. It showed that. Uh, you know, that you can really improve your product or service because you now can leverage patent valuations to understand the value of the, the market that you're selling these things in and how to use patents to sell. We talked about how CFOs might love patent valuations because they can either cut off and stop spending money on patents they shouldn't be continuing or, or you know, through, um, you know, uh, paying all sorts of maintenance fees. But the CFO might be your best friend. 
because now I see a value they didn't see before. Um, and, and for some companies, we actually talked about how it was transformative, how it led to the patent valuation. It started maybe to think that we should file more patents and have better IP strategy to taking some action to get the money out of the patents somehow. So all of a sudden recognizing, wait, our patents are probably going to get us more money than the business that we're in. So maybe we create a holding company or maybe we actually become an IP company. And I'm proud to be a member of a number of these uh, IP companies and to help them get along their way. So I hope uh, you've enjoyed this podcast. I, I certainly always enjoy talking about patent valuations and how it can help your business. So I hope you took it to heart. If you're considering patent valuations, I hope this podcast helped. And please remember, if you like it, um, please subscribe and come join our blog, Invents Anything. Uh, and come listen to our new series on Inventors at Work. Thank you.